Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to go. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. It's Tuesday, March 22nd. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California, and I'm with my sister, Julie Dolan, who is in Dallas, Texas. And Julie, breaking news this morning about the terrorist attacks in Brussels. Just a, a sad way to start the Tuesday show, correct? You know, Lee and I was so, so truly, and I was thinking about, we have been doing radio shows and podcasts for the last 15 years, and how many times we have had to start a radio show or a podcast with the sickening news that there's been yet again another terrorist attack, this time in Brussels, multiple explosions, you know, an attack at the airport, the international airport, and at the metro station. And what is so sickening about this, that this is in one of the most locked down cities in Europe. Yeah. Um, and the fact that um, ISIS, who has taken response, who has recently just claimed responsibility for this attack, was able to do a coordinated attack in the heart of a city, a European city, the heart of Europe. Um, um, and also the capital of the EU and of NATO, you know, so, and that they had, you know, while they have arrested one of the Paris attack um, terrorists over the weekend, um, it may have accelerated this plan and this attack, but it certainly was um, stunning, sickening that yet again, we are faced with those images of so many innocent people that, you know, their lives have been taken away or they have been badly wounded or their lives have been changed by experiencing such such terror. You know? Right. Certainly plans for, you know, high volume 8 a.m. commuter time on the subway. Same thing. The most vulnerable spot, vulnerable spot in the airport in Brussels. This news is breaking as we record this podcast. So we're not going to have all, all the answers here. But, you know, many years ago when I was a student in uh, doing my junior year abroad, I actually spent spent two nights in the Brussels airport. I was waiting for a charter plane, believe it or not, back to Florida where our parents were living at the time. So I slept in the airport. And I remember even then the guards walked around with AK-47s. I mean, this, you're right. This is a very locked down city. This is, this is not, uh, this is not a city that seems vulnerable, but. So, and you know, it, it, and it's, but it, it makes, it makes us all worry, you know, about all the soft targets Everywhere in the world, you know, every time you enter, uh, you know, mass transit, you get on a bus, you get in a subway, you go to an airport, you go to a concert, you go to a shopping mall, you sit in a restaurant, you know, uh, you know, these terrorists have, you know, they have, they are going after these soft targets, which makes us all so vulnerable. And the answers about how to stop this are not easy. They're very complex. Very complex. And that we will continue to have discuss, you know, we will continue to have arguments and debates about the level of security versus the level of freedom, both in Europe and here in the U.S. Because I think, you know, without a doubt, 
we all know that what is happening in Brussels and what happened in Paris, you know, it happened in San Bernardino. Right. It will happen again. I was thinking, you know, I sent a I sent a message to our sister Liz, who's in London. Right. Uh, you know, because, again, that's another city that has seen terrorism, terrorist attacks, you know, and you just, you know, you just really want, all, you know, everyone, you know, to be safe. And it's hard. Lee and you and your son are heading to Washington. And we I, are. I yeah, it was that, it did make me think a lot about that. Yeah. Next week we'll be at the Capitol on t- Monday and the State Department on Tuesday and the White House on Wednesday. So and yeah, you think I'm sure I'm sure we will see evidence of what happened in Brussels when we go when we go to Washington, D.C. next week for, for understandable reasons, understandable yeah. reasons. But so. this insurgency, this, you know, relatively small, you know, it's not huge numbers of people. They have shut down, you know, the heart of Europe. Yeah. And uh, that is a remarkable and sickening thing. So, to you know, uh, we will watch this like everyone, you know, and just – you know, you can't say, well, it's never going to happen again. It, you know, I yeah. mean, I think that's the part we all know that we don't have the answer to stop this right now. And it's going to happen again. So um, be thinking of all that have been d- directly impacted by this terrible terrorist attack. Absolutely. You know, also, Julie, closer to home this week, um, Karen posted on our Satellite Sisters Facebook page just some really heartbreaking news. Lori, who's a longtime Satellite Sisters listener who drove from Virginia to Brooklyn to see us for the You're the Best tour, she lost her son over the weekend, her high, her college junior son, her 21-year-old son. And, um, you know, the Satellite Sister community has been incredibly supportive of Lori over on the Facebook page. You don't have to be a parent to know how horrible that must be. And, you know, Lori wrote on her Facebook page, and I was really um, just so shocked and saddened to see the announcement of her son's death, that he had been at a concert and he had taken Molly. And that is um, sort of a designer version of ecstasy. And I just wanted, first of all, to send all of our love and support to Lori and her family. Um, her son, Adam, left behind a brother and a sister, which... Oh, dear. It is very hard to, you know, to lose, you know, a, you know, a sibling, to, to lose a child, to, you know, to lose someone who, are, you know, it's just starting in life. Yeah, yeah. Really- and I think when you're a parent, you know, you, you think... There's a lot of things you can protect your kids against, but yeah. what you can't do is protect them against the one bad decision. You know, yeah. that's the thing that keeps you up at night, that like one mistake could be, you know, change their lives forever, yeah. that they get in the wrong car, that they break up with a girlfriend and make a rash decision about the rest of their life, that, you know, that they just do one stupid thing one night and you must want for the rest of your life to take that moment back. And I think that's the thing that struck me so much. If it's an ongoing situation, you can feel as a parent, as a family, you can work through it. But the one bad decision is just such a heartbreaker. And I mention it because we want to dedicate this show to Lori and her family, but also because that drug Molly, uh, you know, if you have a high school, high schooler or a college kid or a young adult, it is absolutely important that you have a discussion with them about this. I was aware of it two years ago when, you know, Katie Couric did a special on it. And I looked at my sons on the couch and I said, have you heard of this drug? And they said, yeah, of course, it's everywhere. It's particular. Yeah. 
it's uh it's like ecstasy but it's manufactured you know in plants in china it contains all these impurities and the dea you know describes molly as uh playing russian roulette like there's no such thing as a safe pill and a lot of kids take it it's supposed to make you feel warm and fun and you know electrify the experience particularly if you're at a concert um but for some kids it's it's not that at all you know it's filled with impurities and they see time and time again they're losing a lot of young kids to this terrible drug so i just wanted to mention it because i think lori must have posted that on her facebook page because yeah. she wanted people to know i thought it was very brave you know that she did that and i think it's worth having a discussion with your high schooler or with your college kid or with your young adult about this like there's no safe way to take this drug the only way to be safe is to never stick it in your mouth and it just broke my heart to see oh. that news because again you think as a parent they're so vulnerable <laughs> that age high school yeah. college yeah. everyone and it's is not that people no everybody makes mistakes. Everybody, everybody does everybody, something stupid yes. yeah you know that's part of growing up that's yeah. part of you know the experience of living away from home of going to you know parties and concerts right. you, you know you do that yeah I, yeah. Yeah. So Lori, we are thinking of you and your family, your whole community there. And, um, I thank you for sharing your story and for, and for posting that on Facebook. Cause I thought it was very brave and, and, uh, we're just thinking of you. We're going to take a little break. We'll be back with the rest of the show. back. We're the Satellite Sisters. It's Tuesday here on Satellite Sisters. So you know that means we go light with some of the stories, even though the top of the show is anything but that. Uh, Julie, I, I do have something I want to share with people. Real simple. Had a great list of niceties for the modern age. And it feels like we could all use some niceties in our life these days. I mean, I don't even know what niceties means <laughs> or what it is. Do I get to eat it or do I wear it? I don't care, but it sounds good. And I know we need it today. Yes, we need it today. Also, you were at a bridal shower this weekend, so you have a tremendous defense of bridal showers. I, I do, Leanne. I think there's been, there's a lot of uh, bridal shower haters out there. And I want to speak up for bridal showers, okay? I think this is a very important activity for women. All right. Also, dressing for success. You have some tips for us. It's yes, not just, Leanne, okay. new right. rules, okay. new rules. Okay. And, and uh, you, you in particular need to pay attention to this. <laughs> and of course, our recap of Madam Secretary. Uh, if you saw the episode this week, you know it was worst college tour ever, which was a fantastic episode. But first, Julie, in the stay noisy category, uh, this <laughs> this weekend, this 
idiot who runs the tennis tournament in Indian Wells just said idiotic things about female players, didn't he? Yes, this is the head of the Indian Wells BNP Paribas Open Tournament. His name is Raymond Moore. He's the director of the tournament. And it was kind of shockingly in because he actually said these things out loud. Yeah. Well, we might suspect that certain people, individuals, a few people might think these kind of things. But to have someone who's in such an important position uh, just get up in front of the microphones and start spewing. I mean, he said that in his next life, he would like to be reincarnated as someone from the WTA, which is the Women's Tennis Association. He said because they don't have to make any decisions. They are very lucky. And that if he was a lady player, he would go down on his knees and thank God that Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal were born and that, you know, he's, you know, he goes on and on. He was talking about the physically attractive players. He felt there were a couple of them coming up. I mean, I know this guy was out of his mind. It was like 1962 in that statement. I mean, I don't. I don't know how he got to that position. So so the good news this morning is that he has resigned. (laughs) And that uh, resignation was announced by the owner of the the Indian Wells, and that would be Larry Ellison, who is CEO of Oracle, Mm -hmm. who just from all press accounts that I've ever read of Larry Ellison is a known sort of womanizer. So the fact that he had to announce the fact that this idiot – was making these comments about women's tennis players and women uh, and that he, you know, is, is really amazing. So, you know, I'm really glad Serena Williams was one of many people that stepped right up. And she said that, you know, her first, her quote was obviously she didn't think that any woman should be down on their knees thanking anybody for that. And she (laughs) said, her face when she said that, was fantastic. It was fantastic, Lee. And she is, I mean, I, you know, I would just, I would, you know, you just really, she showed tremendous control as she said that. But you know, if she would love to take a tennis racket and a ball and hit it at that. <laughs> right. I don't know that. I don't believe that Serena would be involved in physical violence. But she also said just even the whole metaphor of like, get down on right. your knees, you know, which is, you know, mm. which is so sexually charged. Yeah. And, you know, the, I mean, where did they get, how did this guy get to this spot? Where has know. he been? Because 1962, you know this is- he's been, he was, he was Don Draper's best buddy, I guess. I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how you get to that point and, you know, to that position in sports, a sport that is both male and female. And again, does he not read the papers? The U.S. Open women's final sold out last year before the men's. Right. You know, so the Serena Slam was a tremendous draw to tournaments all over the world. So, uh, yeah, I that I was I was pleased to see that he had resigned today. So, um, you know, there are many, many reasons that I thank the world that Rafa Nadal and Roger Federer were born. <laughs> but I don't think the right. female tennis players have to do the same. Right. I don't, exactly. I mean, they should have fired him rather than let him resign. Yeah. That gives him some kind of, you know, period of grace there. But yeah. I mean, that it was if you haven't seen the videos, you just go on YouTube and yeah. watch it. And what is, what's amazing about it is just how nonchalant he is. Yeah. Like, you know, he's so comfortable 
in his, you know, in his, you know, absolutely idiotic point of view. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> but, uh, but that's, uh, I mean, I, I'm very, Billie Jean King, King spoke out. So good for them. And I'm happy about that. Lately. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, Leanne, I wanted to tell you this weekend, I went uh, to my niece's uh, uh, wedding shower. Uh, the, I went to, I went to Vermont for a wedding shower and it was delightful, Leanne. It was a delightful event. Um, my niece is a, is going to be a wonderful bride. She loves everything about it. She loved every, she loves everything about being a bride and she seemed to really enjoy her shower. And this was a traditional shower. It was one of those around the clock showers. Have you ever been to one of those, Liam? Yes. Yes. yes where, those are fun. You know, where you, you know, you eat, you're assigned a time and you're supposed to get a gift for, you know, that would correspond to the time. So, but you know, as it also friend, means like it's good if it's, you get the two a.m. gift. That's where I got the one time. You can get yeah. some naughty stuff, yeah, yeah a little naughty stuff, a little you know, <laughs> little yeah. things like that. So yes. not everything is like teacups and and you know and trays. Yes, yeah, it's yeah, a exactly. good. I it's a good gimmick. The around it's, the clock. It, it, it's very fun, and you know, but in preparation for this, you know, I was just uh, you know floating around on the internet there and. There are a lot of people that hate showers now. There are a lot of bridal baby uh, and baby shower haters out, yeah. out there. I mean, if you go, you know, they're they're complaining about that. You know, they have to. It's wasting their time on Sunday. They don't want to eat chicken salad again. They they're sick of cupcakes. You know, they they think it's outdated because you know it, it bridal uh, bridal showers. You know, used to in the old days, it was because the young girl was moving from her parents' home to live, you know, with her husband and, you know, acquiring things. And now people think it's really materialistic. You can go online and right. there's just many, many, many people hating, hating, hating. Okay. But some of that is all true though. It, <laughs> it could, you could go there. Yes. It does take I, forever. It takes a long time to I open all those. Leanne, okay. Let me just say that when you think about life's events, okay? okay. Okay. This is even before what, you know, what happened today, what I was struck with at this event was, you know, this is really a multi-generational ritual. You know, when you think about there aren't, there aren't that many occasions in your life when you get together with multiple generations of women, and the purpose, general purpose of that gathering is that you are supporting one of the young women in the group. These are her friends. It's her, you know, mother, her grandmother, aunts, neighbors, friends, you know, that have come together. And, and that's a good thing. Just that. That is a good thing. Even if you don't serve cupcakes or if you don't, you know, ooh and ah about the toaster or the salad bowls. Um, I just think that has value in itself and that we shouldn't throw away bridal showers because, because of that, that particular gathering, uh, there's a lot of positive energy in there. That's what I think. Lynn. All right, Julie. Now, now I feel terrible for my, <laughs> it does take, you know, yes. Now it, I feel terrible is, for my comments. Thank you takes, so much. It takes a long, but there is, I mean, yes, it might take your whole Sunday afternoon to do it, but you know what? I mean, other, what are you doing? You're lying on the couch. Is that as positive as joining into a multi-generational circle of women, lifting one girl up? Come on. That's good. All right. right? Okay. Well okay. Said. So next time, don't complain. All right. I know they're, they, you know, but 
just go and and view. That's my defense of bridal showers. I'm now I'm now in favor of them, Leah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Okay, I thought there was a whole list. <laughs> No, no, that's it, Leon. I mean, I think yeah. that's that's Strong. the main reason. I mean, I I like the chicken salad too. I'm fine. I'm fine with the cup, cupcakes. Cupcakes, yeah. And and I will say, Leon, you know, when uh, my niece received for you know as one of her gifts, she received you know the Pyrex measuring cup, glass measuring cup. Right. You know, it kind of made me tear up because yeah. I've married 37 years. Okay. Yeah. And I still have the same Pyrex, you know, measuring cup that someone gave me. Um, as a bridal shower gift, you know, 38 or 39 years ago. And it's like traveled around the world. You know, we've moved a bunch and there it is. And I just thought there's a nice little gift heading out on an adventure. You know, it's going to live a whole lifetime with, uh, with my niece. And, and that's pretty nice, you know? All right, Julie. Well, well said. Well said. Okay. Get out there and host some bridal showers, people. Host them. Yes. And go to those showers and no complaining. No complaining. No No more complaining about bridal showers. (laughs) All right. Well, Leon, I I also wanted to mention that I saw a fantastic article over the weekend in the Wall Street Journal. They do a big weekend section. I know some people who aren't really even interested in business you know, probably never look at the Wall Street Journal, but in particular, their weekend section, they do a lot of human interest stories and things that, that, you know, just have a a wider appeal. So this past weekend, they had, um, you know, they have, they've updated the whole issue of dress for success. Now, do you realize it was 40 years ago when the first book came out about dress for success? And, And unleashed the idea of power dressing for women that in order, you know, that this was a radical new idea that if women were going to get ahead in business, that they had to put on a suit and, um, and, you know, 30 or 40 years ago, you wanted a suit with the giant shoulder pads, you know, cause you wanted to be powerful. You wanted to be powerful. I'm looking up that dress for success book because I, I, I guess I didn't realize it was an actual book. Like I just thought it was a phrase. No, no, no. It was a book. Okay. That's where it came from. Okay. I don't have the name of the author here. John T. Malloy. Yeah. Okay. There you go, Leon. Okay. All right. (laughs) Yeah. I got it. I got it. Yep. But now sort of the thinking about dress for, for success has, has totally changed. You know, they're, they're much more casual in the offices and things like that, but yet, you know, female entrepreneurs in particular need to sort of adopt you know, some, you know, need to think about what they're wearing. Okay. And it's, and suits are no longer appropriate because, because entrepreneurs are not wearing suits, but what they're saying is female entrepreneurs and they, they start, you know, 1100 new businesses a day in in the United States. And Hmm. they're responsible for over a trillion dollars in revenue. But what they're saying to women that are starting businesses that your clothes need to be consistent with your message, that it is that you, your part, your, it's a whole package, Leon. that what you're trying to say about your business, uh, you also need to be saying it in your fashion and in your life. Okay. So it, so if you are starting a business, the new dress for success sort of paradigm is that that what, you know, your clothes need to be consistent with your business message. So for example, like if you, let's say 
you are, you know, if you're starting a business, you know, that maybe, uh, you know, you're doing, they gave the example of a woman who was in a business that does slightly quirky marketing solutions, that she does very innovative kind of marketing campaigns for companies that are slightly quirky, that she needs to dress in a way that reflects that. She can't just wear some navy blue suit. She has to have something in her when she goes to make presentations or when she's in the office or working with clients and whatever that, that indicates that she's got some originality, some, maybe some quirkiness in, you know, how she puts together an outfit. But let's say when they were giving the example of someone, and this made me think of you, that there were essentially four basic breeds of, of entrepreneurs. And one is called, the literary lioness. Oh, I okay. like it. You're in. You're in now. Yeah. You? No, I was worried literary... what I was going to be called. I... No, 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 no. This is you. Literary lioness. And these are for people that are working in the field of media. They're writing books. They're in magazines. They're blogging. They're, you know, they're doing all things, you know, sort of literary in the, you know, new, starting up businesses that way. So your look, Leanne, you need to have a slightly edgy look. Okay. Yeah. And what they're suggesting is culottes, you know, some, some good looking culottes, oh, a big gold cuff and platform shoes, Leanne. That's what you need to wear, you know, as a literary lioness, no clogs, Leanne. They are not, you cannot be a literary lioness in a clock wearing clogs. Okay. Okay. Well, I can tell you this. I wore culottes the first time around. I loved them. I yes. had some purple wide rail culottes. I think we all remember those. They yes. were awesome. I'm not going back to that trend. Uh, but I do enjoy uh, cuffs. I have found that good. the power cuff is a good look for me. Yes. And I wear wedge shoes, not platform shoes. But okay. I do wear wedges because you're on your feet a lot. So. Yes. Okay. So keep that in mind. Okay. Another- really good to know. Okay, second second major breed is what they call the young tour, Turk. Yeah. This is someone who has a venture and they've already been capitalized. So they've already got their seed money. Yeah. So you need to, again, you know, you can't wear the suit, but you, you've got to exude authority. So you, that's where you've got to wear the designer separates the smart, and a smart watch. Like that's the major accessory that's going to say that you have a capitalized venture. But you're... <laughs> Okay. okay. Look at me. I'm, I'm into the third round of funding. Yay. That's right. That's what it is. You got, you got it all together. Now let's say you're reinventing yourself. Let's yeah. say you've already had a successful career, corporate career, but now you're striking out on your own. You're a seasoned professional. Okay. But again, you've got to, you've got to be your new venture. You got to wear the clothes that, that are going to signal to the world that you are one with your business and your life. There again, they're suggesting, you know, you, you, you want to stick with some designer labels, but very chic accessories. Okay. So slightly, you know, you know, things that are a little unusual and, and, you know, so that people know that you can, you know, that even though you've been in a corporate, corporate uh, office situation, you're not stuffy, you're innovative. Maybe you've got a really good, smart looking new handbag or book bag. For it's a it, lot so. of thought. It is so Wall Street. I mean, I understand that the original, now that I've looked it up on Wikipedia, 
the original dress for success was based on a lot of you know social science so actual science it wasn't just yeah. the opinion of the author so i assume that these tips about wear a statement necklace or based based in research still it is a lot it's what you wear is quite important all right so the young who's next the reinventor and the, young- the last one so we had the young turk the literary lioness the reinventor and the last is the too busy worker bee this is your jeans, your sneakers, your bomber jackets. Yeah. These are people that are artists, that are part-time programmers. They're doing websites. They are like churning, churning it all out, Leon. So yeah. that's that's a perfectly, you know, powerful, acceptable, you know, you you are like in the vein of what you're doing, kind of kind of look. So I think my son Colin is picking his career based on where can I wear a hoodie full time like that. <laughs> like all of a sudden, he just so sort of has it backwards. He's yeah. like, "Huh, what yeah. job can I do that I can just wear a hoodie all the time?" Because he did pick his college based on that. He said, "I just want to wear a hoodie every day to class." So that's not going to be Southern California. So. Okay. Okay. See, but that's it. He's he wants to be his life. He's gonna, he is. This is what you're supposed to do, like your business, your life, your fashion, your lifestyle. It's all together. All okay. right. I get that though. I mean, I understand. Like when I'm sitting at home, I'm gonna wear my yoga pants and clogs. I don't think I need to wear culottes and a cuff when I'm creating at home. But when I go out, I do so much speaking and and things like that. I am also aware that I have. I I don't. I shouldn't look like everybody else. At the luncheon because I'm quote the creative person. You are the literary lioness. literary lioness. Now. Okay, literary I want lioness. you to channel that, Leon. Okay. Right. So this guy has a new book. Is that the deal, Julie? This right now it's just in the article form, but okay. I'm, I'm certain because it was it was very interesting, and I think it's a compelling idea, and that uh, people you know people are going to be interested that it will come out as a new book. Yeah, okay. no doubt. All right, no okay. doubt. But you can get that. You can get a head start on it, Leon. Okay. You okay. literary lioness. All right. I'm, uh, I'm on it. I'm, I think I, I just ordered some new suede boots for spring. I think that fits under there. They're, I think they're going to be work for me as opposed okay. to like pumps. That is not a creative yeah, pumps, look. No, that's not I, a good look. I, don't, I can't wear pumps. First of all, I can't wear pumps. And secondly, I shouldn't wear pumps. No, so. <laughs> no more clogs, Liam. Not, not when you're doing your speaking. I don't wear them in public, Julie. Okay. Yet. Not okay. yet. Not yet. All right. Uh, we we want to, before we get to our Madam Secretary recap, we want to just end with some old fashioned niceties. Okay, Julie, here's, here's the idea of niceties. It's just stuff we can do and should do to make someone else feel good about themselves. It's being overly courteous and gracious to, to let someone know you are important to me. And you know what? We literally could all use more of that in our lives because most of the modern niceties that they mention, they were in place like 20 or 30 years ago, and they have just gone by the wayside. Let me give you a very simple example mm-hmm. for this one, which I liked. It was, um, where is it? Pretend there's a phone cord. All right. Remember when our mother used to talk to our aunt every single day in the every- kitchen on that kitchen phone with the cord? And there, there she was. She couldn't do anything else when she was talking to her sister. She, you know, because the cord wasn't long enough. You just had to sit there and concentrate on the phone call. And so now we, people are taking phone calls in the subways, in elevators, walking down the street, they're in the grocery store. That's appealing 
in one way. You can reach people and it's nice to have that flexibility. But this article is suggesting you're not focusing on the phone call and you're not focusing on the person on the other end if you're also grocery shopping or, you know, trying to catch your subway train. So pretend there's a phone cord. What do you think about that? I think that's an excellent idea, Leon. I, I think there are times when, you know, I'll see, you know, like it's, someone will call and if I can't, if I can't like really give them that, their attention, like if I'm, you know, in the, I have other things going on, I rather like talk to them later. You know, I really, I like to do that, Leon. I don't like to, to, you know, to be distracted when I'm talking to people on the phone. Okay. All right. There you go. So here's another nicety we can bring back. Now, there are quite a few niceties that they mention that have to do with writing letters. You know, actually write a letter, send a note for no reason. Of course, write your thank you notes. Try to work on your on your handwriting so that it looks nice. But uh, nicety number four is bring back personalized stationery. All right. Doesn't have to be fancy, but it's kind of the, you know, stationary version of your Sunday best. If you're sending a note and it's on personalized stationary, it just speaks to a person. It means you matter to me. I use the good stationary, <laughs> you know, I, I like that. Lane. Yeah, I do good... like that. Although a nice card is nice. too. A nice card is nice too. Yeah. A nice card yeah. is nice too. But I have to say this. Um, I, I, it's also a good gift. If you're looking for like a graduation gift for somebody, some per, some decent yeah. personalized stationary, um, they'll, they'll use it and it's great. All right. Here's another nicety. Spend time with older people. This goes right along with your, uh, with your wet, your wedding with shower thing. Wedding showers, bridal showers, baby showers. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're together with the grandmothers, the aunts, you know, this is do that. Yeah. That's I right. like that, Leanne. Apparently That's... research shows that, uh, as people age, they savor ordinary experiences just as much as over-the-top activities, right? You don't have to make a big deal of it. You can play cards with them. You can ask them about, you know, how they make their famous bolognese sauce. You can bring them an emery board and polish and, and give them a manicure. That would be nice. You can sing show tunes together, put on the radio. That'd be nice. <laughs> that would be kind of cute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. These yeah. are niceties, Julie. These are just simple niceties, all yeah. right? Here's the other one. Take care of the sick. You know, that is nice. It is nice. It's nice, right? And someone is not feeling well. Chicken soup land. Right. So it's good. There yep. you go. Chicken soup, chicken soup, some magazines, the ginger ale. Who doesn't love that? I mean, who doesn't love that? The other day when my older son was sick, he actually called my younger son instead of me because, you know, he's living two miles from us now. He called my younger son. He's like, can you bring me soup and ginger ale? And my younger son did it, which I thought That's was sweet. very nice. That is um, sweet. All right. Here's another one. Bring back the welcome wagon. Yup. You know, you have that, you have that gap. You have that initial gap when somebody new moves into the neighborhood, you have, you know, a period where you can go just show up at their door, introduce yourself. And then the gap closes, Julie. And then you just look like a jerk for not showing up right. at their front like door, being right? A little embarrassing. Yeah. Yes. So yes. they suggest bringing over anything homemade, uh, goodies from a local bakery, a map of your favorite eateries or playgrounds, uh, some takeout menus, and just your name and number. That is a modern day nicety that you can bring back. I think that's excellent. I do think that's excellent, Leanne. I was very pleased that many of my new neighbors on my new street have come over oh. and introduced themselves. They, you don't even have to bring me anything. I just was happy to have their name and like their email, their telephone. I thought it was 
very nice. It's nice to know your neighbors. It really makes you feel more settled, you know, and and that was it. So, uh, yes, th- thumbs up on that nicety, Leon. And then the last one is just simple. Be be a promiscuous thanker. Just write thank you notes to everybody for everything. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. I though. know. It's like, woo. Your favorite client or coworker, doctors, nurses, or hospital staff has made the difference. You know, that's a... That's a nice thing to do. You always think you're going to do it and then you don't do it. So the follow through is really nice. Your children's teachers or caregivers or coaches. You can thank uh, someone who gave you a gift ages ago that you find yourself frequently treasuring or constantly using. That's interesting. You gave me this. Who who gave you that measuring cup, Julie? Because I don't think you have no memory, Leanne. That was a long time ago. But I, I, whoever did, I thank you very much because I still use it every day. So there you go. It's just the idea of adding a little something extra, a little kindness into people's everyday lives that they're not expecting. And I think it's a lovely thought. That is a lovely thought, isn't it? Thank you, Lee. And it's very inspiring, very simple things that we can integrate into our lives. Yes. All right. We are going to be back with Madam Secretary just before we take this short break. I just want to remind people I will be in Washington, D.C. next week for the International Women of Courage. So stay tuned on the Satellite Sisters Facebook page uh, or our website for more information about how you can watch those ceremonies live. It's next Tuesday and it's uh, you can watch online. Um, uh, so that means we won't be doing a Tuesday show, Julie, because but, but, I will be meeting the actual Secretary of State next week. <laughs> which is very exciting, Leanne, and I'm just so pleased for you. It's just uh, crazy. Yes, as Liz and I plan to be doing a special show this weekend, so uh, so we will have a fresh show up next week. Okay, so I won't be recapping the television show, Madam Secretary, because I will be at the State Department with Mr. Secretary. And uh, what do they call him? Just Secretary? Secretary, yeah. Secretary so it's, it's Madam Secretary and just Secretary. Yes. Feels like we got to change that, right? <laughs> Why? Okay. That's good. No, Leanne, just go with it. You can just go it. with secretary. You just All right. go with it. Yes. So I'll be in Washington, D.C. So, you know, follow along on Twitter, on Facebook. We would love to have you following along there as uh, my son and I are the International Women of Courage Awards at the State Department. But, Julie, we, you know, this was sort of a last-minute invite, so we had to rally the troops quickly. And I, um, I filled out the form on our congressperson's website for a tour of the Capitol Adam Schiff is our congressperson here in Southern California. And sure enough, two days later, uh, we got a Capitol tour. So uh, we're going to meet him at his office and then get a tour by from one of his interns, I'm sure. I think that it's the least they can do. It is. <laughs> That's the way I feel about those Congress people. Yes, they should give us give you a tour of your capital. Yeah. Yes. I'm excited. I've never been. So I'm I'm very excited about that. My son is very excited. So we're really and it's the height of cherry blossom season. So the whole thing's really working out for us. We really did not plan this too far in advance, so but I'm glad it's working out. It happens to be his spring break and so that's what we are off to do. All right, we're the Satellite Sisters, Julie. You will be back this weekend, right, with a fresh show. And fresh stay show. stay tuned for a recap of Madam Secretary. We're the Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm here with my sister Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. And this is our weekly recap of the CBS drama, Madam Secretary. 
And Julie, I loved this Madam Secretary because it was basically the world's worst college tour. And that's something we could both relate to, right? Yes, Leanne. I, it was just a fun episode all the way around. I liked it because the kids were involved in it. Uh, we had their staff. Blake was very instrumental in this episode. Um, yes, we did have an international incident we had to deal with, but a, a lot of it had to do with the family and uh, the drama of going on a college tour with your parents. And there were just some flat out funny lines in the show too, which I, I like that when they can work a little humor into the show, because, you know, it seems like Bess and Henry and the whole family, they're pretty funny. So when they, and Blake, so when they can work some funny lines in actual funny lines, I enjoy that in the script. But, uh, so, you know, you had to ask yourself the question, what's worse hunting down the world's most wanted man or going on a college tour with your mom, the secretary of state, right? <laughs> It's just, holy cow. Um, you know, it did remind me last year, remember when we saw news reports of a poor Malia Obama having to go on that college tour last spring. I mean, it is a rite of passage. Right now, there are thousands of students all over the country on spring breaks fanning out, going on college tours with their parents. It's an excruciating ordeal for both the student and the parent. And uh, last year, Malia had to do it. And I can remember thinking to myself, oh, that must have been just terrible like it just must be terrible for her it's so not well, normal you right know? because you have to go with the security right. the motorcade you know you cannot just you know go onto the campus and look at it for yourself as an individual and i think that's all the daughter allison wanted to do was just have a quiet look at some nice liberal arts colleges <laughs> No such luck. No such luck. All right, so let's take the lesser stories first before we get to the epic road trip slash college tour. Okay, so while Madam Secretary and the fam are off on this college tour, we have Henry now who's working in the West Wing. He's Not working really. At- He's working in a closet, Leon. I think that's important to say. that they, they, This, this high-tech terror tracking team is operating out of a very, very small room with very low-tech in the White House. Yes, some of those computers appear to have been left over from like the first Bush administration, (laughs) right? I mean, they got, at one point, we see the team who's hunting down the world's most wanted terrorists, like holding two photographs. Like, who holds photographs anymore? (laughs) Who who prints photos? All right, so Henry is on this team with Jane and the former Navy SEAL who he has issues with. They lost their fourth member, Mimi, last episode. So, you know, there's tension among the group. They've already lost one of their members, and they're falling behind, and all they have are photographs and, and, you know, Bush-era computer systems. So, um, but they they get a lead, shockingly, in the the first five minutes of the show. They get a lead on... uh, Terrorist Gibral to say is, you know, almost fourth wife, right? They're they're going yes. after his fiance, basically, whose name is Sha 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 Sha. We can't say her name. La 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 la. <laughs> so uh and they decide to get to her through one of her former teachers. Now, we'll just wrap this storyline pretty quick because they don't make a lot of headway, but they do get an in to this uh, this wife, la, 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 through her former teacher. And, Julie, I was surprised that they sent Henry in, like, to sort of soft sell her, and then he completely threatens her, right? <laughs> I mean, that's right. Well, you know, he has the double training. I mean, he is the philosophy professor, 
you know, a religion professor, but he also, you know, he, he's a Marine land. So if one doesn't work, he's going to use the other side of them. So, yeah, he tries to say, Oh, don't you miss teaching? You've moved to this country, you've moved out of here and you used to teach these students and don't you miss teaching? And now you're doing, you know, this menial job. And then the next thing you know, he's threatening her. And so no surprise, she agrees to try to contact her former student, this la 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 la, the, you know, world's most wanted terrorist um, potential wife. And she does so, and the la-la-la sends back a message that is coded. Yes. And uh, it looks, it's meant to be a quote from the Quran. She sets it up like it's a quote from the Quran, but it is not. And I was surprised that our girl Jane schooled Henry, thanks to some comparative literature class she took at Yale or the Naval Academy or wherever <laughs> she went, right? Henry yes, was Lena. like, couldn't place the quote. He knew it wasn't from the Quran. And Jane's like, oh, yeah, that's from 1001 Nights. How do they know stuff like that, Julie? How do well, they know Lynn, stuff like Lynn, that? Well, Leanne, that was written. That was, that's the writers. One of those <laughs> writers on this show apparently did, you know, a term paper on, on a, a thousand and one nights. And so he wanted, he or she wanted to interject that little uh, tidbit into the storyline, but it, it was, was good. Good. it was, it was a good little twist and that nothing is as, as it seems. And they're, they're really struggling to get a handle and to develop intelligence. So that's not that far from reality. So now we're getting quotes from the, you know, the potential wife. It looks like she can be turned. So Henry and his special task force have a little bit of a win this, this, uh, this episode. They're moving forward with their plan. Now I have to say, Julie, on the Satellite Sisters Facebook page, we had some discussion about viewers and Madam Secretary not happy that Henry is getting a bigger role. <laughs> They actually liked it when Henry was just a religion teacher at home taking the kids to school. They, they're like, can't the show be about Madam Secretary? And, uh, you know, I can understand why the writers need to do it because it gives them a procedural. Like, they're trying to figure out a multi-episode mystery that can be played out. So they need it for story. I understand that. But I also understand people are like, can't we just see more of Madam Secretary? Why do we need to follow Henry at all? So just a note. Just it is know. an interesting question, which we don't have the answer to. All right. So on the geopolitical front, uh, there is a dispute between an American mining company and the Chilean government, which sparks protests at a mine in Chile. And you might be wondering, as Madam Secretary was, as she was getting ready to set off on her daughter's college tour, why does the State Department have to get involved with this? And it was because there's a relationship uh, between a senator who is very important to President Dalton's reelection campaign. Bing, 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 red flag and uh this american mining company it's always about politics land and that was that was a i thought that was actually a good storyline that this seemingly sort of you know like inconsequential in incident that happened you know in chile how that should impact geopolitical relations but it's always about politics and the protests get real and get important for Madam Secretary when this super attractive protester, who the writers called like the James Franco yes. <laughs> of the indigenous Chilean people, a very, very funny line, decides that he doesn't want the mountain mined. This mountain is important to his people. So he's going to scale the mountain and he's going to do it, you know, online on social media so people can follow along. So all of a sudden, what is kind of this internal Chilean tuffle uh, involves the president, a senator, the State Department, and millions of people watching the action unfold. So that's the backdrop for 
the awesome road trip slash college tour. <laughs> okay. So, so everyone piles in the car and by everyone, I mean, Madam Secretary, Allison, Stevie, that Stevie, orange. I don't, I don't know why Stevie is on the trip, but I'm glad she was there. I'm, I'm glad to see her in involved she doesn't have a direct role in picking out the college but but she was there and so yeah the orange sweater made it and that dramatic blue and black wrap thing that she was wearing they all pile into the back of the suv and then blake is coming with them how great is that i would have loved to have had blake on my college tour or to bring blake with me when my sons and i tour because maybe then we i wouldn't have been screaming at my sons driving around boston like supposed to turn left i still have we're still traumatized from our road trip to the to the city of boston college tour there was this was before google okay yeah. so i have to say that where you had to use a road map paper road map to find your way around boston that was impossible I know. Blake is the consummate concierge. They're going off to fictitious Rafferty College, uh, which that, I don't know, there must be some inside the writer's room joke there why they named it Rafferty. Um, And where there's clearly like a week of events planned. It's not just the basic college tour. They're going to be spending 48 hours at Rafferty doing all kinds of things. And all Allison wants is what all children want uh, when they go on their college tour. They want their parents to shut up, right? <laughs> yes. Isn't they, that... want the, they want to just disavow any knowledge of them. They want them to zip it. They do not want them to ask questions. They don't want them to walk with you on the college tours. Just, you know, stay 20 paces back, right? Yeah, I mean, it is true. Even Even kids who like you. Don't want you to say anything on the college tour. And as a parent who has just been through this, I have a high school senior. It is so hard to shut up because <laughs> the kids are not asking any questions. No. They, except the question, when we were on our college tour this summer, all five colleges in the Pacific Northwest, the first question asked was, do you have an acapella group? So <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Do you have an acapella group? So Blake, I would have enjoyed seeing Blake join into the acapella group. But um, uh, so, you know, they just want the kids, they don't want to be there. Or even if they do, they just don't want you to ask any questions. And then all it takes is like one parent to crack the question asking. Like one parent will do the job for all parents. We all want to ask those questions about this and that and acceptance and this and that. And one parent is going to do it and humiliate their child. But you're grateful when that parent is on the tour. But of course, they have Secretary of State and Miss Know-It-All, Bess, on the tour. And she just won't shut up, will she, Jewel? No, she won't. She won't. Well, she gets confronted by protesters, right? And this is uh, this is the main thing. And then where she now... She goes into her Madam Secretary role, Leanne. She's got to do it. She's got to re- uh, respond. She's got to give the point of view of the United States. She's got to set things into perspective. And, of course, the protesters don't want to hear anything about that. Right. Just like the smart mouth protesters. That's what our mother would have called them. <laughs> College-age students who have opinions on geopolitical things. Smart mouths. The smart mouth. <laughs> college protesters giving madam secretary a hard time and then posting it all over the internet and then that goes viral and then she has to talk to the president while she's on the college tour about what did you just do and they cut up the tape and so it makes best look like she's just a mouthpiece for the american mining company and it it all goes wrong and so they're all forced to just hide out in the hotel room which appears to be right on campus i didn't (laughs) 
I didn't know like, where they it were. It seemed like a nice suite that they have <laughs> because they had some like nice bar area, kitchen area, multiple rooms, like nice living suite. That was a good situation they had going there. And Allison is trying to make the best of this in the sense that she meets one cute guy and she wants to follow him to a party. So, Of course, and then, it's not any party, Leon. It's an off-campus party, which you know, <laughs> right? Right. That's like danger, danger, danger. But, you know, and even that nice Allison, she just goes right in there and lies to her mother. Yep. There lie, you... just, just big fat lie. I am going to the poet. What was it? It was like a poetry re- reading. Right. Right. Oh, oh dear. You know, yeah. it just made me think there is so little we know about what our kids are really doing. Right, Liam? <laughs> it's very true, Julie. And you want to believe they're going to a poetry reading. I know. Just You're your... super proud that they want to go to the poetry reading. Oh, look at her. She wants to go to the poetry reading. No, no she... she's going to the off-campus party. She just straight up lies to her mother. And so Stevie is the big sister, figures this out. And Stevie, who now is just monitoring the situa- situation in Chile 24-7. It's like Stevie's become part of her mother's team. So Mm -hmm. they Blake, they have Stevie. She's monitoring global reaction to this. She's, you know, updating her mother on what's happening. But she sees her sister is gone and she becomes a good big sister. And she goes to rescue her sister at the party because, as you can imagine, Stevie says, are you kidding me? You know, do you know what would happen if you got caught drinking, you know, at at a party where there's drinking and you're, you're underage? Right. And it's true. We all do know because we remember what happened to the poor Bush girls. And, yes. you know, what? this is what happens. <laughs> yes. yes. It must be yeah. terrible. It must I be know. terrible to be, you know, it just must be really hard to be the president or to be the children of a public figure at that particular age. Because really, it looked like Allison wasn't doing anything No, wrong. it looked like she really was just having a nice conversation with the cute boy that she met. Yeah. That you know, she was being very responsible. But she was in the wrong place, and it could have been the wrong time if that party got busted, Liam. Right. And so, meanwhile, back on the geopolitical front, Madam Secretary now is being sued. She's being sued by the smart mouth college kid. This is all escalating very quickly. And I have to say, would not make me want to send my daughter to Rafferty College. (laughs) Right? Right. I would have just picked up my motorcade and left. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they're staying for the faculty brunch the next day, but okay. So Madam Secretary decides to talk to this smart math college kid face to face, but she brings him back up and she Skypes in his parents and his parents, of course, dress him down for suing the Secretary of State. (laughs) What did you think of that tactic, Julie? One you approved of, I'm sure. Uh, Yes, I did, Leanne. I think we have to stand up. We have to gang up against those smart mouth kids. (laughs) So Bess tells the kid, like, listen, we need people like you to speak up. We need people like you to keep us honest. But just don't sue us, okay? That's stupid. Use your talents for something else. And his parents basically say, we're not paying for college if you sue the Secretary of State. I thought it was, again, another example of her creative problem solving, you know. (laughs) And then she's, every week, she, you know, the light bulb goes off. And she figures out how to get out of very sticky situations. And this was a very sticky situation. 
And uh, the the episode concludes. It's a cold day there. It's a cold weekend at Rafferty College. There's been some snow. You know, they've seen the day before that there's been some tray sledding, you know, sledding on the cafeteria trays. It's a time-honored tradition at cold schools. And uh, they have not been able to partake in it, of course, because she's the Secretary of State and they have, you know, security around her at all times. So uh, Stevie gets accused of not being fun anymore. The, the, the And Madam Secretary is not fun anymore. Uh, apparently, Allison, who just lies about going to the poetry reading, she's the only one that's fun anymore. <laughs> so off they go, the three women, Bass and her two daughters, to uh, to sled in the middle of the night in their pajamas. And that was pretty cute, wasn't it? I enjoyed that, Leanne. I thought that was a cute little ending. Yep. Yep. That yeah. was good. And it looked like a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, so there you go. That was a, just a very personal Madam Secretary. And if you're a parent who's ever been on a college tour, you will really appreciate it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we have to give a shout out to that orange sweater. She just did a lot of layering, um, Madam and Secretary. And I love that two-tone black and blue uh, wrap. That had. was really good. Yeah. yeah, that was a great wrap. That was an excellent wrap. And then she was sporting the Red Hot Chili Peppers T-shirt, you know, all for the most of the show because it was supposed to be your jammies. So, yes. yeah, uh, I like that, Lee, and I have that underlined and circled with an exclamation point. <laughs> Red Hot Chili t- uh, Peppers T-shirt. That's awesome. You know, she's, you know, because at, at heart, she's a rebel, Lynn, you yeah. know, and that. You she know, used it, to be fun. It was used to a be T-shirt fun. that I, says, I used to be fun before I became the Secretary of State. See? See, they they did concerts. They were totally naked with just socks on their private parts. I, you took you took my thirteen year old son to the Red Hot Chili. I did, Pe- Julie. Yes, I yes, did. You did. That yes. was my job because uh, yes. I was young and, and fun, and uh, so that was my job as his aunt. But so there you go, Madam Secretary. As next week, we know things start to get real again. I, it looks like another. There's another plane blown up or something. Thing. It looks bad. Yeah. And, uh, but a special shout out to Blake. I really enjoyed having him on the college tour. Yes. I thought he was just fun and funny throughout the episode. And uh, more Blake. That's what I say. More Blake. Yeah. And, you know, Julie, let's get real about more Blake because CBS has not announced whether they are renewing Madam Secretary for a third season. Uh-huh. So uh, if you are listening and you're a member of the Satellite Sisterhood and you want to register that you want another season of Madam Secretary, do it on Twitter, send him a note, do it on Facebook, uh, be part of the movement. You'll start to see. I've seen a bunch of stuff on Twitter now. You know, let's renew Madam Secretary for a third season because we want to see what happens with this election. That's exciting. So, um, so there you go. Just putting it out there. Get behind Madam Secretary. We'd love to see it for a third season. Um, all right, Julie, as I mentioned before, I will be in Washington, D.C. next Tuesday with the actual Secretary of State. That's crazy. I think you can call, I think you can call him Mr. Secretary. Mr. But Se- I, think, I think it would be best to just call him Secretary Lane. Okay. And I really look forward to hearing what you, uh, you're being read in on. Right? The, there you go. So I will be at the International Women of Courage Awards uh, at the State Department next Tuesday, representing the Satellite Sisterhood and uh, an NGO that I work with called the American Women for International understanding that supports this important initiative to bring female global leaders from all over the world to Washington, D.C., and then fan them out throughout the United States um, uh, to learn more about their work. And um, so I'm really looking forward to that. So I will report back on the actual secretary. I'm wondering if there's any way Taya Leone will be at this ceremony. (laughs) (laughs) I'll keep my fingers crossed. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yes, it would be really awesome. (laughs) 
Probably even more exciting than meeting the real one. Is that what you're saying? You rather meet the TV secretary of state rather than the actual one? (laughs) Saying, I don't know. It would be great. Who knows? I'm going to keep my eyes open. You know, I'm going to keep my eyes open to see who's in a navy blue dress, who's got a shirt with the tie. I thought, should I buy a shirt with the tie just as a to wear to the ceremony? It's very no. confusing what Don't to wear. Do it, but, all right. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Uh, if you want to find more Satellite Sisters, you can find us at iTunes. We have hundreds of shows there. Just a note, this week HBO had a wonderful documentary on the life of Nora Ephron created by Absolutely her son. Absolutely wonderful. Be sure to catch that. Uh, be sure to fun. catch that. She was an important female writer. But I reposted our interview uh, with Nora Ephron um, from, you know, shortly before her death. And it was just one of the most memorable interviews we've ever done on Satellite Sisters. She was a, a lovely, generous, lovely loving and funny woman. And it was a pleasure to speak to her several times on Satellite Sisters. So if you're new to the Satellite Sisterhood, you've just found us through our recaps. That's an episode I would highly recommend. And you'll see that posted at iTunes. All right, Jill, have a great week. You too, Liam. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. <laughs>